Hello, hello, and welcome to the CBETS podcast. Today we are on episode 13, which is fabulous, and we are going to continue our conversation around Israel. Now, if you tuned in for the past couple of episodes, we had Chris Toffelon and Samuel Whitfield start to unpack who Israel is and why we, the church, should even care about them. So today we have Gabriel and Benjamin Nunez with us. Welcome. Thank you very much. And (laughs) we are going to chat about God's zeal for Jerusalem. Yeah, as we've been discussing, uh, Israel is more than just something in history or an inspirational story or family that kind of gives us understanding of what God's doing with the church. But in fact, God is not done with Israel. And in fact, we're grafted in to Israel's storyline. And so we probably should pay a little bit more attention to what Mm -hmm. God's doing there. And so I've heard you uh, both teach on Israel often and you teach with such clarity. In fact, you just, uh, we're we're actually releasing one of your courses today um, uh, uh, called Intro to End Time Studies because you do it so well. You bring this Mm -hmm. complicated subject and you just make it accessible. And so you can look at the link below and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a little more later. But the point is that I'm just so glad you guys said yes to come and uh, yes. have this conversation with this us. Fun. Thanks this for having fun. us. For real. So you guys obviously have a lot of knowledge in regards to Israel and who she is and what she signifies. So I just want to ask you guys, how did your heart for Israel start to come about? Have you always loved her or is it like a new thing? Well, I guess I will go first. <laughs> Since you're looking at me. I am looking at you. (laughs) I think for me, uh, just discovering the importance of Israel, uh, specifically to God, it it was obviously a process for me. It wasn't something that I think I, you know, got all in one day. It's it's still being a process of of God's heart and his his emotions for her and how that's unfolding. Like getting greater revelation of it is a process. But I would say, I think it started, the dots started to connect for me when I was a teenager and I, you know, stumbled across verses like Matthew 23, 39, that is Jesus's, you know, final proclamation to the Jewish leaders. And he tells them, he says, you're not going to see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And I think something just connected for me when I read that later on in my teenage years, I don't remember when exactly. But it start, something started connecting with me that said, okay, there has to be someone in Israel. There has to be, you know, leaders and, and people who become believers in Jesus as their Messiah to actually welcome him back. And so um, I started very basically tying together, you know, the fact that in order for Jesus to come back, we need Israel to wow. see him as Messiah. And so that kind of has started me on a little bit of a journey of trying to figure out, okay, well, what's the larger storyline here then? Like why, why else is Israel so important? And, um, that's obviously led to a lot more of a broader picture that we get from scripture. So I would say that's probably, that was maybe like the starting point for me of why is Israel so important? And then unfolding God's heart and God's zeal for her has been part of that process. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I don't know if you meant to do this, but most most of the church is not thinking about Christ's return, even though it's part of the creeds and part of orthodoxy. But that was the the key reason you started paying attention to Israel. And so it seems like we, it's easier to ignore Israel if we're not looking to exactly. 
the, the return of Jesus. Right. Yeah. Because then it's like all about today. It's all about, you know, can I pay my bills? Can I get that better job? It's yeah. ethereal. It's not physical. Right. Yeah. Israel is a reminder to the nations that God is a physical God that is literally going to bring a kingdom. And there's no way to deny it. Yeah. If not, it's all like the kingdom in your heart, the Zion that is in your heart, and all mm -hmm. of these terms that are not biblical. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when you when you realize that there's a physical body of people that have been holding the promises of God for ages, then you realize that I mean the kingdom is is uh, I don't know more tangible. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because there's a real people. The Jesus. When you even go to Israel, do you realize that? Jesus was a real man, even though you knew it, but mm -hmm. it's more like, man, he actually walked on the, the streets. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's more personal Yeah. Uh, when, when you realize that Israel is, is real. Well, <laughs> Israel yeah. is real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that that's, uh, that's, that's the piece, but I, I just, I, when I think about what, what, what this means and how it impacts our Christianity, like what you stated is like, you're focused on Jesus's return, the culmination of human history, and that's what led you to this truth. Because I'm reading this, I'm like, yeah, I guess that's never happened before. Israel yeah. has not collectively said again after the Palm Sunday or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah. So either Jesus is being symbolic or something like, oh, the new spiritual Israel then said it. Yeah. Or he really means this and it hasn't yet happened and there's coming yeah. a day and therefore mm -hmm. Israel is relevant. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. It's just emphasizing what you said at the beginning that Israel isn't this company of people that was in the past and it's now irrelevant. It's actually, no, she's here present today and she plays a monumental part in what's about to unfold too. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. crazy. Israel is the bride of Christ yeah. and we're grafted in into that destiny is not that we are and then we get to rescue them because they kind of like lost the party and mm -hmm. you know it's no they are the bride of christ so if i feel passion for jesus because he showed me his passion for me as the bride of christ if song of solomon is ringing a bell in my spirit is because that's what he's feeling for them yeah. first yeah. and then me yeah okay so benji why do you care <laughs> About his, I mean, when, when did you when did you pick that up? Because I kind of know a little bit of your story because we've been friends for a while. Mm -hmm. But you you were in Mexico serving at a local church. God apprehends you for the house of prayer. Mm -hmm. In that reality, you start a house of prayer. But somewhere between there and now, you've become one of the most passionate intercessors for Israel. Truly a watchman on the wall. Mm. Of course, the Tuesday 8 p.m. You're leading that charge of the evening section and, and praying for Israel. Um, but what what happened that led you to care so much about her destiny? I think, like Gabe said, it's been a process, and I wish I had more seal. Because the more you realize in the scriptures, uh, just the, that it's all about Israel, and then us part of it, the more you're like, we need we need to wake up, we need to put more emphasis. But for me, it was the return of Jesus, so he got me with that one. Wow, that specifically that verse in Matthew twenty three. You will not see me again until you said, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And when, that, when then I realized that he was speaking not to the disciples, but to the Pharisees, like the yeah. bad guys that were about to kill him. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's intense. So I realized that there was something, there was a clause for Jesus to come back that had to do with the leadership that is right now 
in unbelief of Jesus, you know, accepting him as the Messiah, oh. that is like very intense. So that's the moment when I realize, wow, this plan is brilliant mm -hmm. because he's going to bring the highest levels of humility on the earth yeah. Yeah. to to the Jews and to the uh, to the Gentiles. And it's impossible for any denomination to bring this forth. It has to be a supernatural help of the Holy Spirit, and it has to be a supernatural tribulation. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All together in the same generation for this phrase to come out of the wow. religious leaders of, of Israel. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. So it, uh, when I realized that, I was like, oh, this is, I can't believe in this gospel. Yeah. Right. This gospel makes sense that no man can bring this forth, but only God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, so let's move a little bit further into that statement because, you know, the church is convinced that, and in, in a beautiful way, actually, that Jesus loves us, right? There's, of course, a lot of self-hatred, and there's a lot of things, performance mentality that, that, you know, the church is still working through and all of that, but there's a large acceptance that Jesus loves me, this I know, he'll take me as I am. There's this kind of, it's easy, well, I wouldn't say easy, but I guess it's just become part of the church culture to believe in the affections of Christ. I mean, that's a little strong. They'll believe in God's uh, tolerance and his general acceptance. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, he's not going to smite me. But there's not so much of a belief in God's zeal for Israel. Mm -hmm. And, of course, in this episode, we're talking about that very topic. So why, why is God zealous over Israel, and how can we prove it? Actually, I want to ask a question first. Oh. Zeal and zealousness. Zealousness the word? I'm not sure. But that Jealous. word isn't... Zeals. <laughs> Zealous. Zealousy. But it's Zealousy. not a word that's like used day to day. No, so let's break it down first of what does zeal even mean? That's a good question. That's even deeper, Georgie. Mm. How would you describe Red. it? Red. What does it mean? <laughs> is it? Would we just say that zeal is very strong jealousy and desire to attain that which is well there is in this is a little bit of a, a different verse that i'm pulling from but first corinthians 12 1 paul is admonishing the church and he says i want you to earnestly desire the gifts of the spirit especially prophecy and that word earnestly desire in the greek is actually zelo it's the word that we get zeal from and it means to ardently pursue to be zealous for to want something with great intensity yeah. and so i th i think we get obviously the root of that word and it if we put it in the context that we're talking about which is god's zeal for israel it's how badly his heart yearns for them longs for them earnestly desires them yeah. and um you know i'll i'll say that i think something that we can draw from if, if I'm going to bring it back really quickly to the return of Jesus what we see at the end of the book of Revelation is this cry from the spirit and the bride which says come Lord Jesus right and so there's this longing in the heart of the church which will include Israel like we said we're all one and the same this longing for Jesus to come back that we earnestly desire him but the interesting thing with that is that the identity of the church in that is a bride, which means there's some sort of reciprocal feeling of yeah. the earnest desire. Yeah. 
And so not only do we earnestly desire the return of Jesus, it's we're actually also feeling his earnest desire for us and toward us. And so, so that zeal that, you know, we might have for his return, there's a zeal that he has to actually come back and be with us and to bring it back to, to God's zeal and desire for Israel. I think uh, what we see in the book of Romans that Paul unfolds so beautifully and also actually in, in the book of Ephesians is that it's God's zeal for Israel is so strong that Paul says, I actually would rather lay down my life so that they would be part of the bride. Wow. And in Ephesians, he talks about this one new man, right? That mm-hmm. there, God has done so much to break down the walls of separation so that we would all be joined together. Yeah. And so part of it is, I think this ties into the message of the gospel. Part of the heart of the gospel is God's zeal for Israel is so strong and God's zeal for the fullness of the Gentiles. We see Paul uses that language also yeah. in, in Romans 11, I believe is so strong that it's at the heart of the gospel message, which is I'm, I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to be Romans 12, a living sacrifice for the people of Israel because I'm experiencing, feeling that zealous heart of God for them. So the same zeal that I might have that, you know, being the bride of Christ saying, come Lord Jesus, come. I'm feeling that same zeal reciprocated to me and towards God's desire for his people. Wow. wow. That's powerful. <laughs> that is. And that's I mean, like a, sorry. Go, go no, you're good. No, I was just saying that's a, a perfect example, perfect picture of, okay, I long for you. You long for me. We have this reciprocating love for each yeah. other, which is just beautiful. I love that. And yeah. it fuels oh, that. No, sorry. You were <laughs> No, no. I'm just like. Everyone keep inter- <laughs> interrupting Ruben. <laughs> keep go, go, go ahead. Oh, no, you go, no, no, Ruben. I got something that, yeah. No, I, I was going to say that, that that is that seal of Isaiah that comes from God. It's Isaiah 62, 1, mm-hmm. for Zion's sake and and uh, for the fire that he has for Zion and for Jerusalem, uh, it fuels the prayer movement of intercession of Isaiah 62, verse 6 and 7. So it all starts by us encountering how much seal he has for Jerusalem and Israel. Right. Then the the fruit of that is Isaiah sixty two verse six and seven is I will not keep silent I, I will not be silent until I see that dream of your heart that seal that you yeah. have in your heart Father being fulfilled and then you see that in Revelation five twelve yeah then you have these uh, before Jesus comes back he's gonna have such a body of believers on the earth and they are saying seven things you are worthy of honor glory wisdom. But the one that I love is you're you're uh, he says you're worthy of glory, and the word glory is not that we give glory to God that He doesn't possess right now. The word that He uses in in the Greek is the same word that Paul used to say, the wife is the glory of the man. Wow. Oh. So mm-hmm. meaning it's not only your trophy of beauty, but it's also He responded to she responded to you in emotional attachment, like she loves you. So I love that at the, the, at the end of the age, God is going to have a body of believers, Gentiles mostly, that are going to say, you are worthy of the affections of the Jewish people. Come on. <laughs> As a I husband, 
because you wanted that from the beginning now we get it we received part of that but you deserve to be loved back Gosh. so I, I that's why i love uh <laughs> revelation 5 12 chills worshiping is not just like oh yeah. be glorious god is like no right. Get what you don't have, the yeah. emotions of the Jewish people. You know, it, I, when I hear that and I hear what you said, it brings a whole new light to my understanding of when Jesus, you know, quotes a prophet when he says, zeal for, you know, God's house has consumed me because you guys are talking about zeal being um, bi-directional rather than mm -hmm. a one-directional reality. God's mm -hmm. zeal for Israel seems one-directional because right now Israel doesn't care about God. And... um uh, and so in, in their majority, of course. Um, but but what I see for, you know, because obviously that God's house, you know, you look at the story of the Exodus. The whole point was the presence of God being hosted by a people that they would be. It was a great commission type of reality, like go and reveal who I am to the nations yeah. by carrying my presence. And so then when Jesus says that zeal for my house has consumed me, he's saying zeal for that relationship of adoration and favor and you know worship and and blessing and and this this reciprocal relationship you know yeah. and I, i've never seen that scripture be bi-directional i always saw it as one directional yeah, yeah. i think part of you know, and i feel like i'm kind of currently in the middle of just tapping into this a little bit but is how god's heart from the very beginning honestly even before he created the earth was about a wedding that would come mm -hmm. that it was about a bridegroom and a bride that's why he created humanity that's why he created us to be in relationship and we know that he specifically chose israel to be the people by which he would reveal himself to the earth and yeah. you know that's kind of the bigger storyline of the gospel and so it is reciprocal because he's about a bridegroom relationship you know he doesn't he's not a predator, you know, yeah, on yeah. his people. Mm -hmm. He wants a, a relationship in love and humility and all that stuff. But part of it is because Israel hasn't walked in her bridal relationship with the Lord, you know, she's turned aside to other lovers and, and we see through Israel what a lot of our natural propensity is, which is to turn away from the Lord and, yeah. and his affections. But part of, I want to tie it back to what Benji said is Israel is going to be the glory of the bridegroom at, when she receives him. And part of that is the amount of times that we see uh, the Lord say in, in the Old Testament, for my name's sake, I'm going to do this. For my name's sake, I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to restore you. Part of what happens is, and part of, you know, Paul gives this exclamation of just praise this doxology at the end of uh revelation or sorry romans 11 that says oh the unsearchable unsearchable wisdom and and knowledge of god that's past finding out all of that to say is the story of how god is going to redeem israel and and cause her to awaken to who she is as his bride is all going to end up being this the glory of who he is at the end of the day like it's going to be so impossible for israel to do it in her own strength for mm -hmm. us as the church to do it in our strength it's going to be so impossible on its own that the glory of the restoration to come is going to be like this crowning glory that jesus mm -hmm. gets to 
put on display that when we get to the end of his coming, it's like he's he's showing off his mm. bride wow. as yeah. this glory that he gets to just, you know, be so proud of. And yet it's yeah. going to be all through him and by him that he does it. Right. It's the weakness of Israel that actually causes God to show his strength yeah. exactly. and his glory through. Yeah. And it's beautiful because we even see that picture of she's not married, but she will be married. She's now Hepzibah. She's now Beulah. And it's like this beautiful change this beautiful um transformation which takes place and i love it that we get to be a part of it because yeah. he he was one with israel he was communing with her and then as you said she decided to go to other lovers but then he used the gentiles to be grafted in so we could partner with his heart to see the fulfillment of israel come in so throughout the storyline he wanted a partner with him yeah. to see the fullness together yeah. which i love and I'm just thinking about that. Uh, well, I think the end time church, Jews and Gentiles now in Christ, I think we are going to do in a global way the the prophet of uh, Hosea. Mm. I think we're going to be invited to go to the deepest part of the emotions of God yeah. for a harlot that is a wife because that's uh, what's it, Gomer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was a harlot, then she becomes a wife, and then forever she's a harlot wife. Yeah. And he fights and fights and puts things around her and surrounds her. And you see how in the end times God is says over and over again in, in, in Zechariah 12, Zechariah 14, I'm going to surround Jerusalem with enemies yeah. because I want her to turn back. I want yeah. her attention but I'm going to need a Hosea prophet that is feeling the pain of it. So that's why we are, we are married with the lamb, but we are part now with that harlot, that harlot. We are one with her too. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we are part of that body of, of, of Jewish people because of Jesus. So I see the, the book of Hosea and I see that's my future. That's yeah. the, that's, the pain and and we see that in uh, what you were saying Gabe in Romans 9 verse 1 and 2 Paul is saying I is three times I'm telling the truth I'm not lying I tell the truth by the Holy Spirit that I have a constant pain and sorrow in my spirit for the Jewish people mm -hmm. so we celebrate Romans 8 you know the power of the Holy Spirit I love it we are about to hit revival in the cities of the earth but it's unto the apostolic power of Romans 9. Romans 8 prepares us with power, wakes up the church onto the maturity of Romans 9, which is an apostolic pain for the Jewish people. Wow. It's the same Holy Spirit that he was talking in Romans 8, the same Holy Spirit that he's saying, I can't rest anymore. I have pain for the people of Israel. And that's, I, I believe that's part of the share uh, zeal of God in the in in the believers wow. today. I mean, you, you talk Hosea like, you know, it's interesting because we live in a society where m half of the church has been going through divorce just because yeah. of lose. I mean, yeah, some infidelity, some um, real difficult situations, but uh, in in the majority, it's just kind of this emotional. Well, I'm kind of done. It's kind of got yeah. boring. So it's so hard to envision a God who is committed to a harlot. Yeah. You know, and so Hosea really puts this in a stark contrast to our reality today. Yeah. Where it's all about our convenient emotions and how we feel and yeah. follow your heart. 
And God's heart has Follow never been heart. fickle. It's always been <laughs> steady and, and set on a people that he's chosen for the sake of the nations. Yeah. But it's just interesting that you brought it in because in the world we live in today, uh, the whole bridal imagery is actually not that encouraging, you know? <laughs> I mean, true. 54%, I think, is the divorce rate right now. I, I mean, it changes all the time, fluctuates. But the point is half half of the church wow. um, is is saying, Covenant isn't that important when it's always was intended to be a prophetic picture of who God is to us, his creation, his bride. Yeah. You know, when I, I think of what you said earlier, uh, uh, John 17, 24, Father, I desire mm -hmm. like that, that similar zeal. You know, I desire that they would be with me where I am. They would see my glory. And I, I just I, I realized, man, we we are so crippling ourselves from understanding the affections of God totally. when we we say divorce is okay mm -hmm. and that I mean I don't want to get into the social topic of it but it just makes us makes me realize how much we're crippling our own understanding well, I think if we want to talk yes. about the zeal of God for Israel part of the revelation that we are going to see unfold is the jealousy of the husband and, and this actually can really help us understand the end time drama is the fact that uh, jealousy is a husband's fury. Yeah. And I think of how God made his covenant with Israel in Exodus 19. And what we see, what happened in Exodus 19 when God was meeting Israel on Mount Sinai was he was betrothing himself to them. Like, without a doubt Jews see that passage clearly as this was God's betrothal to a people and so what comes with that though is when there is infidelity you have the fury of a jealous husband and uh, if we look at Isaiah 63 which is a very intense passage <laughs> we haven't been brave enough to go no, through yeah. that <laughs> well goodness. I mean just very briefly on it 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 starts by we see this man and the question is who is this one coming up from mm -hmm. Edom and Basra with with blood on his garments and what we see is this is Jesus the jealous bridegroom Wow! and he's coming actually to fight against all of Israel's enemies mm -hmm. and to come fight against everything that would hinder him from being able to commune and be and dwell with Israel in love for forever. And it gets to, I think, verse 10 of Isaiah 63. And it actually says that he himself, that, that God himself becomes Israel's enemy because they were unfaithful to him because he turned against them. And so wow. talk about the zeal of the Lord. I don't think even we have a comprehension of how zealous God is for Israel that he would be willing to even go to the point of being her enemy to, to fight against everything that is stealing her heart. Again, the, the 10 commandments, how does it start? You shall love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, uh, or that's both the 10 commandments. And that's, you know, the whole Shema of Israel that right. you would love the Lord, your God with all your heart. He is willing to go to the point of being her enemy and fighting against her in order to woo her heart, to bring her back to actually that realization of who she is wow. to him. And I don't think that, you know, we even have a framework for what does that look like? Yeah. Like, yeah. what will the zeal of God bring him to do in order to get Israel's heart Gosh. back? I, I've been thinking about that sometimes because, like, what would I do? And you will understand this, Ruben. What would I do? What would would I be able, capable, willing to do if someone hurts 
uh, gay. And it's crazy. And then the Lord responds to me like, oh, I know what I would do. It's called the gospel. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll, 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 <laughs> oh I'll God. die and I'll do anything. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Even beyond death. Yeah. I will go because it's that Song of Solomon. This is jealousy demanding as the grave. It's, as mm. it's, yeah, yeah, as demanding as the grave. It's, it's more powerful than even death. Yeah. So, uh, and I was thinking about the Song of Solomon picture, though, that, you know, he leads us into the wilderness. And, you know, that 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 is part of the the kind jealousy of the bridegroom right now right. of how he utilizes difficult circumstances as chastisement because he chastises those he loves, you know, as discipline because he disciplines those he loves. And that kind of that kind of imagery where like a true loving bridegroom does not is not passive and yeah. is not is not just wavering he is resolute on on bringing the greatest amount of of um of affection out of the uh, you know out of the bride and mm -hmm. i think that that's in my personal life i've seen god do that you know hard circumstances has an there's an opportunity to choose to draw near or there's an opportunity to be offended mm -hmm. so it's never a forced but it's always it's always confronted you know mm -hmm. where god always has this uh, uh and i think when i think of israel i, I i'm i i'm confident that that's what he's doing that that's what his zeal looks like yeah of course you're you're talking about isaiah 63 which we'll, we'll get there someday because it's <laughs> I, I, I mean it is wow that's that's a level of passion and jealousy i've never seen before mm -hmm. but it's interesting just to position there because you've got god becoming the enemy of israel which it's not humans by the way church we're always to intercede for israel it's uh, you know we're watchmen on the wall we will not give him rest and there's until there's peace in jerusalem but god he by himself it says even in isaiah 63 he's the one who then does this mm -hmm. but interestingly is that the enemies the other enemies you know the whole nations were once the lovers of yeah. of israel yeah i mean they were all you know it was the lovers who turned into yeah. enemies yeah so then the, the 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 bridegroom is not just coming against israel in fact he, he comes against all the nations yeah. mm -hmm. in that in isaiah because they love her as a harlot god loves her as a wife wow. so when they don't benefit from israel they're done with her yeah. and they persecute her to to destroy her that that's the difference that it, that's again your other lovers that now that you bring that up it's completely different love It's momentarily yeah. god is eternal love and mm. so he deals differently as a husband yeah. But it's interesting too, because I know we're going to get into it next episode um, with why the nations hate Israel. But he actually, God uses the hatred of the nations towards Israel to actually woo her to himself. Yeah. So, so it's true. as if he's raising up these nations in hatred because he wants her, which in our minds is like, wait, what? Yeah. How is that somehow possible? they yeah. choose it, but somehow the Lord allows it. Yeah. Ugh, that's so beyond me. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Well, man, this has been such a invigorating conversation. I, it's yeah. just drawing my heart to, you know, to deal with the awkwardness of loving Israel, whom I have very little contact with. You know, my whole life, it's always been a spiritual uh, spiritualization of this people that I can. That's yeah, true. Yeah. I could pick and choose the promises. And so thank you guys so much yeah. for thank you. This is fun. coming out and, and helping us to to walk through God's zeal for Israel. Yeah. Can I say one thing in yes, closing? Yes. Yeah. I would just say we kind of opened up with this, that part of the way that we even get 
God's zeal for Israel is simply just by asking him for it. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that I want to just encourage listeners is you may think like, oh, wow, you know, these guys maybe know stuff, but just ask God for his bridegroom heart for his people. And he is bound to give it to you. I love that. No, that's beautiful. That is so good. Yeah. So hold on. I think, you know, because it says in James, you know, if you lack wisdom, ask and he will he will give it to you right mm-hmm. and of course luke 15 we talk about the holy spirit who ultimately is the one who joins us or who who beckons us to join him and crying out that great statement come lord jesus yeah. so it is it is true that if we ask god to help us to love israel to pray for israel to be among those watchmen on the wall who stand with israel that he actually will give us the desire for for her and yeah. for her destiny yeah. and it won't take away from our relationship with jesus yeah gosh you guys are Beautiful. so inspiring <laughs> yeah you cl- you paint such a clear picture for us so yeah and of course that. we want to remind you what we said earlier uh in this episode uh benjing gave just came out with this uh new course called intro to end time studies and i gotta tell you it's it's probably my favorite one because of how they connect it to the great commission to our spiritual vitality of how we can engage in relationship with Jesus, that this matters to him. And it's about a story beyond just, you know, like how we can get through today or manage our sin. This is the great cosmic story from the very beginning. God chooses a people and he will see her through in the very end. And we get to be grafted into that story. And so I want to, I want to recommend it to you. It's on the link below. Mm -hmm. Just click on it. You'll, you'll find a way how you can purchase that course. But it's probably one of my favorites. So, yeah. guys, thanks for, for sharing that with yeah. us. And, yeah. and we'll see you next week. Gabriel and Benjamin will be joining us next week as we unfold the topic of why the nations hate Israel. So tune in next Friday, 2 p.m. Central Time. And to listen to our previous podcasts, you can go to Apple Podcasts. You can go to Spotify. Any outlet that you use for podcasts, you can find us. We'll see you next week. Peace. <laughs>